What's up, guys? It's Scott here with our second week of us podcasting out our current series of What Did He Say? This is actually going to be the final week of What Did He Say? Uh, And if you don't know, this series is about us studying through overlooked books of the Bible. And before I even jump into what book we're going to go into, I'm going to pray because I just recorded this, edited it down, uh, and accidentally deleted it. So here we are again. We're going to make it happen. It's all right. So join with me in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to just be here and to uh, get to communicate your truth and your gospel. Lord, would you speak through me? Would you guide me? Would you uh, help me to uh, stay focused? Would you help us all to stay focused and keep the main thing, the main thing? We thank you. We love you. In your son's name, amen. Awesome. All right, guys. This week, the book that we are going through is the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon. It's in the New Testament. It's written by this dude named Paul. If you don't know who Paul is, he's an apostle and a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote a lot of the New Testament letters, uh, and this one is no different in the fact that he wrote it, but it is very different in the fact that it's it's written to a specific person with a specific request. So the three players or the three people that are in this book are really Paul writing it to writing the letter to Philemon about this dude named Onesimus. Onesimus. And Paul's in prison, by the way, while he writes this, which is crazy to me, that he is writing letters to people asking, making requests, as opposed to being like, bro, I'm in prison. This this is awful. So anyways, we're going to jump right into the text. We're going to read actually verses 8 through 16. Verses 1 through 7 are basically just a a, a welcoming and Paul talking to Philemon about, hey, I'm so thankful for you and everything that you've done and how you've uh, been a a good member of the church and encouraged others and things like that. Uh, And and leading up to his ask in verses 8 through 16. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and read that. Paul picks up saying, that is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been much of a use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you are willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. Now Paul goes on and, and says like why he why Philemon should let Onesimus go and, and, and welcome him as a brother, and that Paul takes responsibility for all the things uh, that Onesimus may have done wrong in, in the past. Like he takes responsibility on himself, and then there's some closing things. But wow, crazy things here, guys, because Philemon, so Philemon was a wealthy Roman citizen, and wealthy Roman citizens, or Roman citizens in general, had slaves at the time. And I'm not saying that that's good, I'm not saying that's right, but it's just what what it was. Now, slaves were different at this time. It wasn't like 
the slavery that we think of when we think of like American slavery. Uh, it was a little bit more like indentured servitude, an indentured servant. And the way that I, I look at this is actually kind of like in the 30s and 40s. In the 1930s and 1940s, cigarettes were considered healthy. Uh, and doctors would be seen on ads all over the place with uh, cigarettes saying, this brand is great, this is better for your throat health, and all these different things. Things that we know now today not to be true, right? We know that cigarettes are, are very terrible for our health. But culturally, and what they understood at that point was, oh, this is just what it is, cigarettes are good. And that's kind of how the Romans viewed slavery. It's like, oh, this is this is just normal. This is good. And so... Philemon was a leader in the church, and he still had the slaves. Um, one of them was named Onesimus. And basically what we learn about Onesimus is that at some point, he either stole or did something wrong, uh, and, and so he fled or ran away from Philemon because of it. Eventually, he finds his way to Paul for help, right? Becomes a follower of Jesus along the way, and becomes one of Paul's most helpful and one of Paul's most trusted friends. And in the midst of all of this, if Philemon had asked his neighbors, other Roman citizens, what should I do with Onesimus when he comes back? Like, what should I do? They would likely tell him, hey, you should definitely punish him. Like physical punishment, maybe uh, if he had a certain amount of years that he's supposed to serve, add some years on, put him in, in the worst work, whatever. He needs to be punished. Like Other Roman citizens would say he needs to be punished. Like, you can't let that go. Uh, but what Paul asks Philemon to do is unthinkable. He asks Philemon to not only forgive Onesimus for whatever he did, but to welcome him back. And then not only does he ask him to welcome him back without punishment, but to welcome him back not as a slave, but as a brother, like family. As if Onesimus had, uh, had gone out of town and come back and was just... Philemon's brother coming back home safely. It's crazy. It's completely uh, unheard of for the time. And today's message won't be very long, by the way, because there's really only one point. And it's the point that, that Paul is making here, that the gospel of Jesus means that we are all equal before God, sharing together in the same need for forgiveness and grace. Now, I'm going to say that again. The gospel of Jesus means that we are all equal before God and that we share together the same need. And that need is forgiveness from God and grace from God. We need that. And so for Onesimus and Philemon, what that means is that they can't exist anymore in a master and slave dynamic. They can't have that relationship anymore. They can only have the relationship of family. They can only have the relationship of brothers in Christ, brothers in the Messiah. That's what that means for them, which is unheard of. It's crazy. No Roman citizen would ever think of setting, not only setting a slave free, but welcoming him home in his own house as a brother. That, that would never happen. So for them, it's, it's a complete role reversal. And that's what that means for them. For us, guys, I think what it means is that we put too much weight on our differences, I think that whether it's the political conversation, whether it's uh, sports, whether it's uh, different cultural backgrounds or ethnicities, we put so much weight on these different things uh, and refuse to see those who have believed in Jesus and are following Jesus. We refuse to see them as family. Uh, I think we see this with things like denominations, the fact that there's uh, e even the existence of Presbyterians, Methodists, Episcopalians, uh, Baptists, like run down the line. And I, I just think that 
Christians can be any one of these different things. What makes someone a Christian is that they believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's that they believe that Jesus came down from heaven to this broken world, uh, that he was born of a Virgin Mary, that he lived a perfect life without sin. And even though he lived the perfect life, uh, the leaders of the day put him to death. And not just any death, but death on a cross. And that death was a death that we deserved, that each and every one of us deserved for our sin and our brokenness and all the imperfections that we lived in our life. And he took that on himself physically. He took that on himself spiritually. He died. He rose again said, I'm coming back with receipts. And he is now saving us a place in heaven. And all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is turn away from that old life and believe and follow him. If we have people around us that believe that, they are family. I don't care if their parents voted for Trump or voted for Biden. I don't care if their parents typically vote Democratic or Republican. Christians can be and are both Democrats and Republicans very frequently. And if we have a friend that believes the gospel of Jesus, then regardless of how they vote or regardless of what they believe or how their parents vote, whatever it may be, they are our family. Why? Because they believe the gospel, because they trust Jesus with their lives. And what Paul is saying to Philemon here is exactly what it is saying to us, is that we can't continue to act like these minor differences or these cultural things are more important than the gospel. We have to set all of those things aside for the sake of the truth that Jesus has called us to a life where we are sharing in the need for salvation, that we are sharing in the need for forgiveness, that we are sharing in the need for grace, every single one of us. So that doesn't mean, that means if you are black, if you're white, if you're Hispanic, uh, if you're any ethnicity, that if you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are family. It doesn't matter your background or your upbringing. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You are family. And we should love our brothers and sisters who believe in Jesus just like they're our own. There is no room for us to say, I don't like how you address that, or I don't like how you said that, or you just really bothered me in that. And so I'm never going to talk to you again. I, you're not you're not a part of, of anything about me. No. Yes, we may have to have some hard conversations, but we cannot allow ourselves to just push people aside because we disagree with them. And so in the same way that Philemon is being asked to welcome Onesimus home as a brother, we are being asked to keep the main thing the main thing. Philemon teaches us that being a Christian means that we are called to share in and become equal partners with the Christians around us in the gift of God's loving forgiveness and grace. God's loving forgiveness and grace is shared among all Christians, all believers. And that's what being a Christian means, is that we are sharing and we are equal with those around us who believe. Keep the main thing the main thing. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you all next week.